impressions they got on social media. Right. People like them. They dislike them. And the NFL, I'm not saying they're going to implement them, but they will at least consider the data. They are, they've admitted that. They're going to consider some of these changes. I think the best one is the kickoff. Right. The best one is the kickoff where neither the returner – nobody moves, by the way. Nobody moves mm-hmm. until the returner either catches the ball or the ball's been on the ground for three seconds. Um, so only the returner and the kicker can move. And then once the ball is caught or either been on the ball for three seconds, then the other ten players who are only five yards across from one another, right. then they can actually move. So you have no you know, collisions, no those car crashes, and you still – you know, they still uh, increase the amount of returns. And by the way, that's a dead play in the NFL now. Right. But it's not a dead play in the XFL. Yeah, because there are no returns when you start looking oh, at that. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. That might be a, that might be a good look right there. I, I also gave him, uh, I saw some highlights of the replays. Their replay system is better than the NFL's as well. Yeah, Dean Blandino does it, yes, right? Yes, where he was like, it's just in a room, and it just cuts to him, and he's like, right, I just want to see that again. I right, would see that. All right, he's got a possession and bounce. All right, roll it through. We're good. Catch. More transparency. Yeah, transparency, yeah. but it was also yeah. super quick because it was just a dude in a room, and he was like, I know All I'm on TV. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. So it's like, let's just go through it. Let's make the call real quick. Let's make this better for viewership so we can break it down. If, and the longer we give TV to break it down, the more everyone's going to hate our call no matter what it is. True that. So if we just cut to me saying what it is, then maybe the fans won't be so angry right. by this call because they waited five minutes for me to tell them they were wrong. That's, I know I'm with you. I love the I, I, I didn't I didn't uh, see that, but I saw it on social media, and I like that idea too. More transparency. Honestly, the NFL has a few wasted plays they're trying to get rid of. The kickoff is considered a race a wasted play. Um, I think the XFL's got an answer for that. The extra point they've been they've been decentivizing the extra point for some time. Moved it back to the thirty three from the twenty. The XFL's got an answer for your extra point, which is a wasted play. And one of your issues has been the officiating or at least their review of some of those plays. They also have a golden challenge, which means you can challenge any play, any any call, any time of the game. Right. Doesn't matter what it is. It's called the golden, golden challenge. challenge. Yeah. And I love that. It, Bill Belichick actually had that idea about 10 years ago for the NFL. And they never wanted to implement it. So, you know, I, I like I like some of the things the, the XFL is implementing. I think the NFL should at least be paying attention. And NFL has long stolen, or as CDC says, rip off and duplicate <laughs> ideas like the sky cam, uh, miking up players, uh, and playing that audio during the games. Hell, even the two-point conversion is something the NFL Did ripped, I hear that every off. player is mic'd up in the XFL too? Uh, it might be. I, I don't know. It might okay. be. I know that they've done a lot to try to bring more access yeah. to, for the for the fans. So, right, XFL, keep doing what you're doing. I mean, I I don't know if they'll ever be able to compete with the NFL. That's, but I don't think that's their goal anymore. They're just trying to survive, and maybe they can do that with the Rock. Yeah. All right, we'll come back. We'll get into the NCAA looking into changing the rules to shorten the game. This is a problem for every sport in every league now, and everybody's got to look into it. Even college football, one of the most popular sports, trying to shorten the game. All that and more when we return right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful on the horn. Just 
Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. You can always be a part of the show. Please do hit us up on the Specs Sex Line. Best way to do it, 512-337-3776. You also can reach out to us via Twitter. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Harge at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. And Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. Uh, all right. Tomorrow, just a heads up for all the folks who might be in the neighborhood. We are going to be on the road tomorrow. We're going to be at Mudbugs uh-huh. tomorrow. Uh, that is located in Buda, 306 South Main uh, Street. That's so, right. That's uh, right. South, 306 South Main Street in Buda, Texas. So if you want to come hang out with the crew tomorrow, uh, Maharaj and myself will be out there at Mudbugs in Buda. I think my man E. Hogan is also going to come hang out because one of his favorite spots. He always hangs out there. I've never been, but I've heard great things about Mudbugs. Every time we mention it, Specs text line lights up with people giving us uh, recommendations mm-hmm. uh, about food uh, options and suggestions for Mudbugs. So looking forward to that. Uh, that'll be tomorrow uh, for heart, uh, for, for a Ball Don't Lie. Starting at 3, we'll be out there in Buda at Kicking Mudbugs. Kicking off Marty Gras. Fat Tuesday That's tomorrow. right. Tomorrow's Fat Tuesday. Let's turn it up. Fat Tuesday. Is that the purpose of the yes. Celebrating Mardi Gras. Fat Tuesday. I mean, you've got to go Cajun Fat Tuesday. That's right. That's right. Are women going to be taking off their tops? I'm bringing beads, Rod. I mean, I'm not, bringing not beads. during the show, I bet. Well, I don't well, know. Then, that is Rod Babers over there. If you said that, you can't be comparing it to Mardi Gras. Man, nobody take it. I mean, it, the best it, thing about Mardi Gras is easily beads for breasts. It is. Beads for I boots. Will say, I will better. say, beads the for sun boots. is normally down when these transactions are happening. What did you say? I'm saying the sun is normally down. I think y'all are going to oh, be. beads for boobs? Yeah, happening? I think y'all are going to be there mostly when the sun is up. Which may hurt your opportunities. That's true. No, but the visuals will still be there. I do believe that still you can get some beads for bees for booze. Y'all just gotta get on the roof. I don't know are. if you can get on the roof at Mudbugs, but if you can, <laughs> that always helps. If you got if you got height on somebody. I'm just saying, bees for boobs. I mean Well, I'm just telling you right now, I'm stopping by Party City on the way home. <laughs> just <laughs> in case. Just saying, man. I, I always thought that I was, might throw them at the crib. I don't yeah. know. That's the, that is the best thing about Mardi Gras is that we live in an, an age still where beads for boobs except and I can go buy those beads at for at the dollar store. Yep, yep big yep. bag of them, and I just throw beads to ladies and they'll flash me boobs. Yeah, there I you mean go. this is still is happening, that, right? Even I po- think it's, post COVID, that didn't stop. Did that? It didn't. Help, I, it didn't I think stop them during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the best way to get COVID. <laughs> well, they was, boobs. They was accepting. I'll take they that COVID accepting. all day. All right. So as long as it's still happening, I'm cool it is, with that. It okay. Is. We're not doing that at Mudbugs. Well, you don't know, Patrick saying no beads for boobs. Hey, doesn't mean that we are the ones that are going to be partaking in it, but others may. You never know when Just, they start uh, sipping on that. Mardi Gras juice, you know what I'm saying? That is some good juice. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, hopefully beats for boobs, but if not, we're just hanging out at Mudbugs, having a good time for Fat Tuesdays. All right, let's get to this story because um, I thought it was really interesting. And I heard, haven't heard much talk about it at all, um, and I thought it'd be a good discussion for us to have. So I got it from Ross Dellinger, mm-hmm. and he is reporting that high-ranking college football leaders have been reviewing four specific changes to clock rules two of which are considered you know, pretty mundane, not very controversial at all, um, and one that is consider- considered very controversial. So um, they're considering these proposals to help shorten college football games. Uh, the non-controversial proposals include prohibiting consecutive timeouts, i.e. icing the kickers, uh, no longer extending a first or third quarter for an untimed down if the quarter ends on a defensive penalty, the down would be clock starting the next quarter. 
the other proposal, the third proposal that is garnering wide support, the clock will continue to run after an offense gains a first down, except inside of two minutes and a half. In a more controversial fourth proposal, the clock will continue to run after an incomplete pass once the ball is spotted for play. So interesting. Uh, in the NFL, the clock continues to run after first downs. Meanwhile, a first down stops the clock in college until the ball is placed. Um, so there you go. So that's interesting, though. Uh, when out you of start those, looking at it, yeah, out of those four, which guy, which one do you, you guys think the, are the most reasonable? Uh, I don't like the one. I don't like the fourth one. The fourth, the clock will continue to run after an incomplete pass once the ball is spotted for play. Yeah, that's not that's not favorable. That's the purpose like that of it. One. That's like it's a spike. You can't spike it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can't spike it because you're trying to stop the clock to keep things moving. So, I mean, to, to reset yourself. So, I think that's a bad rule. I, I do like the speed-up rule a little bit, though. We've been out the there with some run? Game. Yeah. Yeah. The clock will run after an offense gains a first down except inside two minutes of a half? Yeah. Yeah, I like that one, yeah. too. That's the only, I mean, that's the only one that I would play with. That one's good. But I don't like the fact that if you throw an incomplete pass, the clock doesn't stop. That, that, is, that is ridiculous to me. Yeah, I don't know if I like that one. That one seems a bit extreme. It, it's it, way too much. Well, and it's also weird because it's like the anti-NFL of it would make it less of a reason to pass, which the NFL does everything to try and make you throw the ball more. It's more exciting. Like that would just be like, well, why why don't we run it? Like just run the ball more because throwing the ball doesn't help you at all. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah, it's a great point. The NFL's like, no, no, throw it. It's yeah. like trying to they're going to eliminate the tush push. What's like, it? No, no, no. What's it? Darrell Rowe quote? Huh? There, oh yeah. Well, it says that there are three things that can happen when you throw the ball and two of them are bad. Yeah. yeah. Well, so in the NFL and if right now in college, if you are trying to conserve clock, it makes one of the another thing that's good. Even a missed pass is a good thing because it stops the clock. Yeah. Now if you take that out. Now it is really like, man, there is one good thing that can happen and a lot of bad. That's true. Yeah. Plus, they got to respot a ball that now is 17 rows deep and they got to get the other ball back out there because mm. it's not like you have the ball right back because the ball went wherever. <laughs> yeah. Right. I agree with you on that. I, 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 I think it's a good point. They haven't thought that one through. And by the way, this is just proposal, so they're, they're going to talk about it. Yeah, they're going to stop it down. that. You know uh, that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think packages gave a really good <clears throat> rationale as to why that, that rule probably won't pass the, the smell test. But I do like the rule about you know, prohibiting consecutive timeouts. I guess you can throw that out there if you want to. Um, no longer extending a first or a third quarter for an untimed down if the quarter ends yeah. on a defensive penalty. I guess that's another way to speed up the game. I guess one or two of these are pretty com- common sense and they're rational proposals to help speed up the game. It's just interesting because I was looking at, you know, the, I guess the average game length right. for major sports. <clears throat> and obviously baseball has probably been the most talked about oh, uh, trust me. sport in terms of the length of the game. As a matter of fact, they just changed the rules yep. to try to speed up the game. Um, I got I got to witness it this weekend. Yeah, they'll be on a pitch clock yeah, now, they right? got a pitch clock, pitch. and everything is rushed. You can only go out to the mound for a certain amount of time. you got to have the pitchers ready, and if you step out of the box, mm-hmm. Dylan Campbell was called for a strike three while he was getting back in the box because of the timer. The batter mm-hmm. was out of the box too long. They timed it. They banged him. He was out of there. Yeah, yeah. I, and it's. It, I think it's going to take some adjustment. I heard Coach Harrington, Ty Harrington, talking about it too on B and E, and he was saying something very similar. It's going to take a lot of time for for you know for players and coaches yeah. to get used to the new rules. But I will say, I think it's worth experimenting with. So the average uh, college football game is three hours and twenty four minutes on average. 
the average NFL game is three hours and 12 minutes on average. Uh, college football games have a 20-minute halftime on average. NFL games have a 12 to 15-minute average halftime. The average Major League Baseball game, three hours and 10 minutes. Yeah. It's shorter than college football games or NFL games. And if you look at live action, uh, live action is pretty much the key. Because even, how about this, the NFL has the least amount of live action out of all the major sports. They only got 15 to 20 minutes of actual live action. 18 on average, over 100 total plays. Um, The least amount of live action, like I said, out of all the major sports. Major League Baseball, a little over 20 minutes of live action. NBA, NHL, MLS, English Premier League, a little over 45 minutes of live action. And I've always said this about baseball. I don't know if length of the game is the real issue. I think it's one of those things where it's more about the pace. It's more about the lack of storylines and the lack of action within the game. Because we sit and watch NFL games in their, in their entirety, in their totality. College football games, hell, Big 12 games are long as hell. Yes. They're like four-hour damn games. Which is why I think they're trying to speed this thing up, exactly. too, because of but viewership, we sit, too. But we sit and watch them. Yeah. We complain about it a little bit, but that's not the main storyline. Nobody's talking about that as much. But I do think for baseball, the issue is its pace, its, its storylines, lack of storylines, or, or lack of action and lack of pace, because these other sports, just like college football is trying to do now, they have the same issues with the length of their games, but they're not losing viewership and losing the young demo like baseball is, because I think it's more about the pace like it's not the size of the boat it's the motion in the ocean right and you don't got enough motion in that ocean the nfl hell man they got a they got a lot of motion in that ocean right right? and i think that's more why it is a little bit more uh appealing to a younger demo and to people more fans these days well the one thing i i do realize about Mm -hmm. baseball and i had this conversation this Mm -hmm. weekend actually a lot because my co-host is a purist Mm -hmm. when 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 you're watching Mm -hmm. baseball and how the games are but the reason being is because baseball is so different because it's the only game that's untimed. Think about it. I know. That's the only team sport that is untimed. So you're used to being those three- and four-hour games. But I know that it was easier now because the commercial breaks, they would be in our ear. You got one minute. You got 45 seconds. They have sped that up as well that's because good. of the um, endorsements. The endorsements are happening right now. On every screen, mm-hmm. you get to see it on a on a TV game. You see it in left field. You see it in right field. You see it in center field. You see it when a guy comes up to bat. You see it on home plate. You mm-hmm. see it on the pitcher's mound. You see all the advertisements. So they're mm-hmm. paying more for that as opposed to the commercials mm-hmm. in between these games as well. Yeah, no, you're right. Because uh, I think the NFL has like 25 percent of its broadcast is commercial. So you're right. Commercials are a big part of it. the NFL. Yep. Uh, famously wanted to do they do the picture in a picture now sometimes yep. have yep. a commercial break while and there's still no action going on it's just the guys in a huddle on the sideline right. but it doesn't it doesn't feel the same when they go away from the right. broadcast for a commercial like you said it feels different when it's an in broadcast commercial still commercials right. still commercials. in broadcast yeah. commercials but I think it kind of gets to a deeper issue for baseball because I remember reading that Microsoft Corporation survey or study i should say that was done that said that you know um now people's attention span was the same as a a goldfish it was around nine eight to nine seconds (laughs) the modern attention span and 
it really, I, I think it really does affect sports. The TikTok generation, it does affect sports. We're dealing with a new entertainment ecosystem, and not only a different ecosystem where people can stream stuff they want, and they can they don't have to worry about watching commercials if they don't want to, but also you're dealing with a different generational sports fan. And I, I read this article in Market Watch. It's a great article. It talks about um, Gen Zers, and Gen Zers were born when. In the late 90s or something like that? Early 2000s? Zero clue about the generations. I think it's like early 2000s or something like that, Gen Z. I get a little mixed up. Um, I could be like early 2010s. Maybe it's early 2010s. I'm not sure exactly when it is. Um, But a morning consult article titled, Gen Z Keeps Sports Executives Up Night. Here's what they're doing about it. Uh, It depicts an an entire industry on edge. It's not a front and center issue to the average consumer, but youth flight might be the number one focus of sports executives. Gen Z did not warm up to sports as previous generations did. And those younger than Z are even more sports apathetic. Gen Zers, according to survey results, are half as likely as millennials to watch live sports regularly and twice as likely to never, ever watch live sports. This trend appears to be only accelerating According to Sports Business Journal, surveys uh, suggest that only 15% of Generation Alpha, the next incoming generation of teens, enjoy watching sports at all. They just don't like sports the way we did. They don't. They don't consume it the same way we did. They don't like it the same way we did. Now, we live in a bit of a bubble because we live in Texas. Everybody's like sports. But I'm talking about on a national scale. This is something that's really starting to freak out executives because – Baseball, there's a lot of money being thrown into sports right now, live sports. Why? Because there are only two things that we watch live as a society. News and sports. That's it. Everything yep. else, we're streaming. Everything else, we DVR it. We'll watch it. I'm, I'm not trying to watch some commercials. I'm fast-forwarding. I got stuff to do. There are two things we will watch live and sit through commercials. Studies have shown. We'll watch the news live. Nobody wants to DVR news because you get it on your timeline. Uh, not, not most people don't DVR it. No, I watch it live. I sit down. I watch my news. You sit down. And you watch your sports and your team. You watch it live. And you actually, it's a social agent. You share that experience with everybody else. And now they're, they're afraid that the, the two things that they believe were safe havens for advertising. How we know we got eyes that will watch this stuff. Sports may not be a safe haven anymore to get advertisers right. like the adverti- to get advertisers like they used to because they're not gonna guarantee the eyeballs because young people don't love this much. Getting back to baseball, the biggest, I don't know, the most glaring stat about baseball and the state of it is Washington Post article says 15, this is actually something that was in 2018, 50% of baseball fans in America are 55 and older. Yep. Those are the, those are the, the true baseball novice, right? I mean, not novice, the, the, what do you call them? <laughs> Lifers. When you're 55 and older, you're the lifer, so you don't care about how long the game is. It's the younger people that are the The, ones that are like, "Uh, I ain't got time for this. I got to go somewhere else. There's too much to go. Average age for baseball viewers, 57. Um, Hell, the only sports that are older are NASCAR, men's tennis, horse racing, golf, and figure skating. That's why you have to do this for baseball. You have to shorten the games. You don't have a choice because the average fan is dying. Yeah. For baseball. It's just the reality of it. You got to get younger fans. Only 7% of fans 
uh, baseball fans are under 18. That's it. Well, that's the other part of it, too. That's what we've been talking about through, you know, the baseball circles and the reason being, <laughs> if you're not a baseball fan, you're not going to be one anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you didn't grow up around the game, you're not – I'm not going to call some of my boys and be like, hey, man, y'all want to go watch a game with me? Nah, I'm good. You want to go watch a football game? Yeah, what time you want to go? You know what I'm saying? It just changes. If you're not a true baseball fan – you're not gonna be. You're not gonna have that desire to watch it, whether they shorten it, whether they extend it, whatever. This is more for the true baseball fan, I believe, that don't that does not care about the time restraints. That's the thing about it. Those are the ones that are being upset. Those are the people. There's a pitcher that was just on here, and he said, "As a former pitcher, I enjoy fast-paced baseball. The pitch clock is not good, especially when a kid get called for a strikeout on the technicality." And you're right. It's traditionalist. That was the word I was looking for, the baseball traditionalist. So, I mean, there, there, there's some good and bad with the changes that will be in it. But if you don't like baseball, you're not going to watch it anyway. That's fair, but don't you want to appeal to younger fans to recruit younger fans? Because if you don't recruit younger fans, then you're basically just admitting the sport's going to die. Because well, if, if you're, saying, you're saying unless you're a real baseball fan – you're not going to get into baseball anyway. Real baseball fans are dying, as I just said. That mm-hmm. is. So you're just saying they're just going to continue. You said this is inevitable. We can't stop it. These are the people. Yeah, these are the people that are bringing their kids to the games that grew up with the game. You know, like the Occupy Left Fields. Those are true baseball people. They're I, younger too. I agree, but the game has to be able to expand its fan base. They got to reach out to newer fans. Remember I just told you about the Pro Bowl? What's the Pro Bowl become? I said it's a candy cigarette for the NFL. They've decided, screw the Pro Bowl. We don't care about trying to cater to football fans because football fans hate the Pro Bowl. Why? Because it ain't football. Right. That ain't real football, so they're going to hate it anyway. What we need to do is turn it into a a kid-friendly, family-friendly event. Dodgeball. We got driving contests, catching contests. The same games kids play. Kick tac toe. We're gonna play. They have their best, uh, their favorite football players playing those games, and then maybe they'll wanna, they'll wanna be a football <clears throat> player. Or they wanna play football. So I, I just think you, because you want to, you want to play baseball because you saw a a, a star athlete playing baseball, right? Mm-hmm. I want to play football because I want to be like Deion Sanders, right? I, I go on the street. I wanted to be like those stars I saw on TV and go, hey, I'm Deion today, baby. You can't hold me, right? Like, that's the whole point. And, and nobody wants to grow up being like Mike Trout because I, I don't even know what the hell he is. Right, and so Mike my, Trout doesn't put himself out there yeah, like that like, either. I, I, go, I see kids say, I want to be Mike, I want to be Matt Patrick Mahomes. Right. I see him saying it. Like, I, and I know their moms don't even like football. Right. But that's what he, you know what I mean? Like, so you have to have something appealing to the younger demo. You do you have, have to have something. To. But I think, too, the other, the, other coin, the other side of this coin is it's too expensive. It's that a very expensive true. sport. It is. Football. Football's expensive you, too, but not near as much as it once. You only not play, near you only as play much in organized because they only play in organized fashion. Exactly. Well, yeah, football's and, expensive too. It's and a, I mean, if yeah. you want to talk about expensive too, if you're saying most people now don't even have streaming services if they're not a if they're not a full on fan of any of these sports. So if your parents aren't a big fan of basketball or baseball or or football, then they're not. They don't have live TV anymore. Yeah. So like where we could all, eat, I mean, it, now most of us when we were first growing up. You didn't have. You only had was on national TV or the few games that were. You did, not true. everything was on. There wasn't local teams, but you had enough that you could turn it on. But you had like you go and you could watch whatever game because it was there was that TV, and now that's not even an option for a lot of kids. So it's not even like if they go to school and play and they're like, "Hey, you watching the game?" They're like, oh, "I don't have that. I don't have that. I can't watch that game." 
That's a good point too. So NFL, it's just a, it's another thing of fighting that uphill battle. You get to watch more NFLs, so you would have yeah NFL yes yeah so basketball and baseball tougher to yes. watch on national scale. That's true too. Yep. Yeah, because uh, they don't have the big time game of the week that much mm-hmm. on regular TV. You got to have it on TNT. Fox does, I guess. Fox still has it, but they also have um, whatever sixteen fifty two is the other Fox network. No, you're right. FS one. If you don't have that, you can't see it either. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it, it's it's a different type of deal. Yeah, every I just think every sport's got to deal with this. Every sport has to has now to cater to the younger generations who have. Shorter and shorter attention span. So more higher scoring, shorter games. Right. Period. Because these kids want to be overstimulated and they don't have really long attention spans to be able to, you know, kind of stick out to three hour games. If they um decide to bring steroids back, I think people will be able to they enjoy would. baseball. They would they would love that too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, uh, we'll get to so – that was an interesting conversation. Obviously, it didn't get to – I don't think they get to any answers. Uh, but I thought <laughs> It, it will a, never be. I thought it was a compelling conversation. All right, we come back. We got uh, pro football folks doing a no-hose-barred mock draft, showing the Longhorn some love, but the wrong Longhorn. And Bill Connolly says uh, this record is the ceiling for the Texas football team this year. We'll talk about that when we come back right here on Ball Don't Lie. I hear you in the background. Whenever I fall, telling your brother, you said you're gone. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a smooth, so Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn, uh, designed to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who may have had a difficult weekend. Uh, That was definitely the case for Texas baseball fans, but they will bounce back. We're sure of it. All right, we come back. Uh, Let's get into this uh, story because I I saw Pro Football Focus have this uh, article, and I thought it was a pretty clever article. And uh, I, I knew there'd be some Longhorn love in this article. Uh, it's basically a no-hose-barred uh, NFL draft. Uh, so basically no rules about eligibility. Everybody in college is draft eligible for this uh, particular pro football focus draft. Um, and I, before I even looked at it, I said, man, they love to – pro football focus loves to thirst trap <laughs> Texas. They send thirst traps to Texas all the time because they know Texas fans, all right, they they love clickbait. Yeah. Right? They're, they're, pretty, they're pretty gullible when it comes to clickbait because there's something about their longhorns or something that should be about their longhorns. Damn it, they're going to read it. Oh, for sure. So in this article, which is titled NFL Mock Draft, what would the first round look like if all college players were eligible? They have a longhorn being drafted number 30 overall, actually, in this draft. Um, and they have the Saints at number 30 drafting Quinn Ewers. Hmm. I know. I say, like, wow, Quinn Ewers. Mm. And you know what they mentioned in here? They mentioned the Bama game. He had an elite 90 pro football focus grade against number one Alabama, who is arguably the best defense in college football on just 15 dropbacks. Ewers had three big-time throws. 
And that is true. But that was just one quarter of football, basically. <laughs> and we all agree that Bama just decided to play man because they, they, they wanted to see if Quinn Ewers was all that he was hyped up to be. Well, arm talent-wise, he was because he put it on him. They tried to play man coverage. He was dropping dimes. But the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena size, Cardi B size, Megan the Stallion size. Ooh. But is that when he was forced to read a defense and process, all right, uh, post-snap, he looked like a young quarterback. He looked Correct. like an inexperienced quarterback who hadn't played uh, football at a high level in a year or more. That's what he looked like. And I think in the bowl game, we saw a lot of progress from Quinn. I'm expecting even more progress in the offseason. But the, the truth is, Harge, if they wanted to put a, a Longhorn, any any Longhorn on this roster, draft eligible or not, that should be drafted in their no holds bar draft, it should be Kelvin Banks and not Quinn Ewers. That's how I know it's clickbait because if it was a real article that was about substance, Kevin Banks is the guy, not Quinn Ewers. No, one hundred percent. And now, because if we're going based off of the entirety of the season, not just four quarters of a game or a first half, and then getting back out for the Oklahoma game, and you get a chance to mash all that together, no. But what Kelvin Banks did the entire mm. season, the way he went about his business, the way he played, the way he held his own against—you got the list of those high profiled players and didn't give up a sack to Mm-mm. any of them, I think that would be the most upside that you would look at at a player for the offensive line. I'm looking through the list and I'm seeing different people and some guys are eligible right now. Some aren't eligible until later, but I'm with you. I think Kelvin Banks is the one that I would have been most excited about. Yes, yeah, possible the Longhorns if you know he ends up – continuing on this rate of development, on this trajectory, the Longhorns could have the best left tackle in all of college football potentially by the end of next season. I mean, he's got that kind of upside, that kind of potential. He's been playing. He played at a really high level last year, just allowed two sacks and 12 pressures total. I mean, that's all he allowed uh, total. And Will McDonald, Will Anderson, Felix, and Udike Uzoma, all guys who are going to play on Sundays. One of those guys will be drafted easily in the first round, Will Anderson. Neither one of those guys can get a sack against Kelvin Banks, a true freshman Kelvin Banks. Yeah. That is just phenomenal. So that guy, to me, he's the one. He's the one that you might consider a could be a franchise left tackle. Those guys are drafted really high. So yeah. if he meets expectations, he won't be drafted much higher than 30th, by the way, too. Um, right. Yeah, if he ends up meeting expectations. He was second-team All-Big 12 as a freshman uh, with 13 starts under his belt there, too. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's get to this other article just really quickly. Because I think his sample yeah. size was huge. Oh, you had plenty. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You well, got yeah, plenty yeah. of film on him. Plenty of film. And yeah. you had it up against elite competition. Yeah. Like I said, guys who are going to play on Sundays. And so you can – that's just like, – that's the worst film he's probably going to have. Right. I mean, because he's a true freshman, so <laughs> right. his film's only going to get better. Uh, Bill Cunley had his SP Plus uh, ranking come out. Remember, the Longhorns were a number eight team, I believe, on his SP Plus rankings uh, uh, before the season. It's a cumulative uh, index and a cumulative stat. But he has the Longhorns at number eight there, and he usually gives a ceiling and a floor for every team. So the ceiling he has for the Longhorns is basically 11-1 and one based on his statistical odds. They have a they have they have a basically a twelve percent chance of finishing eleven and one or better. The floor, he says, is seven and five. Seven and five floor and eleven and one ceiling. Mm. <sighs> okay. I, I don't disagree with that actually. I don't disagree with that. He points out the Longhorns are nine and two in games decided by more than one score with Steve Sarkeesian's head coach and four and ten and one score finishes. That has to change, he says. Yeah. 
Well, I'm going to tell you this. I'm not, I'm not falling for the banana in the tailpipe. I'm going to leave it until, the, until they get out there and do what they're supposed to do. It's just one of those things where I sit there and I believe the hype. I look at what we have, and then we go out there and underperform. Now, we had eight wins last year. Should have been nine. We could have been able to look at it a different way. But as I go into this season, uh, we've had talent for years. Uh, the things that we've looked at for them – should have been there a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to sit here and wait. Like you say, Missouri, show me. Show me. I've, if I come out here and I say we're going to win 11 games, people, I'm drinking too much Kool-Aid. <laughs> I'm drinking too much Kool-Aid. Right, did you see what happened last year? No, I get it because I have had that thought before. I have walked out here and was like, oh, yeah, this is it. We got this. Ooh, yeah, it's about to go down. Then all of a sudden, I'm walking around with egg on my face. Mm. Until you show me that you can do it consistently year in, year out, I'm not buying it. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a no excuses year for for Steve Sarkeesian and for the Longhorns. But I'll give him a ton of uh, props for the progress they made last season after five and seven. Now he does get the blame for five and seven too, because mm-hmm. five and seven is five and seven, and a school like Texas should never. Go five and seven. I don't give a damn how much talent is on the roster or how little talent is on the roster. But I digress. Did a great job with the development last year. I think almost every position got better last season. Found a way to win eight games. Probably should have won nine or closer to ten. Uh, my big challenge for Sark for him to overcome, um, you know, and become a championship caliber coach. He's got to start learning to win the chess match within the game with good coaches. A good coach is defined by a coach that can win at least 60% of his games. That is the Hall of Fame standard. That's why Mike Leach may not even get in, which is BS, by the way. Mike Leach should be in there. Round up, 59.5% winning percentage. But I digress. Sark only wins 40% of his games when he faces a coach that has a 60% win percentage or better. He wins 70% six percent of his games hmm. when he faces a coach who is a below 60 percent winning percentage coach so when he faces a, a a average to below average coach he beats him no question right. when he faces a good to great coach he gets outclassed outcoached that cannot happen as much as it has happened in recent years for right. Sarkeesian. right that's he's all good. i think he's gonna make the move i think he's done well and we didn't get a chance to even talk about it but they also got raises so he's keeping the coaches around. They deserve, they <laughs> yeah. deserve the raises. Yep. He did not get an extension. So the raises. No. It's uh, more ra- for the staff. It's it's basically for the staff when they go recruit. So they are not all on one-year deals. And so when you negatively recruit against Texas, and by the way, everybody negatively recruits. Texas does it too. It's 100%. Like, it's like peeing in the shower. Everybody does it. Nobody's going to admit it. But. <laughs> when you negatively recruit against Texas, they would say, oh, he's only on a one-year deal because they don't believe in anything. Those guys are going to get fired. So now those guys have you know lengthier extensions. Uh, but until Sark gets an extension, that's how you know Texas believes in Sark. He ain't got that yet. So mm-hmm. I mean, he wins the Big 12 next year, goes to a Big 12 title game. He'll get that extension. Oh, he'll have that medium energy. Yeah, we're exactly. <laughs> and we're, we're, I, we're rooting for a Sark to get an extension because exactly. that means he yep. exceeded expectations. That means he did well. He did damn good. But, uh, Tom Herman got one right after he went to the Sugar Bowl, right? Yep. And we're back. In retrospect. All right, oh, we come sorry. back. We'll, get, we'll let you know what's on tap right here on Ball Don't Lie, 1049 right. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion. 
sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's... That is... mm. All right, welcome back to Bar Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Uh, if you missed any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. Need to remind everybody, we'll be at Mudbugs tomorrow down in Buda for Fat Tuesday. So if you're in the neighborhood, come on out to Mudbugs yeah, yeah. in Buda tomorrow. Uh, what you got on tap, Arch? I'm going to watch a little bit of basketball. I definitely want to be interested in this Kansas TCU game tonight. Ooh, that's right. Uh, Patrick, what's on tap for you, brother? Instant Series back. It's been a few yeah. weeks we've been off, but we'll be back on the night. I'm sure I'll be yelling about something. Yeah. Oh, he'll be yelling about <laughs> basketball, man. I know he's all pumped up. Looking I hate forward the to All-Star that. game. <laughs> Looking forward to that Instant Series. Uh, I'm going to watch Naked and Afraid tonight. Some true, uh-uh. good, quality trash TV. Also, R.I.P. to Red McCombs. No doubt. The late, great Red McCombs now. Uh, shout out to him. Passed away today. All right. Uh, Revolution not be televised. Talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves. But more importantly, take care of each other. Peace.